0: Dr. Mm Eisley, Pamela? Mm -hmm. You look great. Especially for a dead woman. Hello, Jason. I think I've had a change of heart. quite Me? Literally. The animal plant toxins had a rather unique effect on me. They replaced my blood with aloe my skin with chlorophyll and filled my lips Mm. Uh Mm. 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 with venom oh and Jason Uh one other thing Uh I probably should have mentioned this earlier I'm poison. It's a jungle in here. I am nature's arm. Her spirit. Her will. Hell, I am Mother Nature. And the time has come for plans to take back... The world so rightfully ours, because it's not nice to fool with Mother Nature. Hmm. Wayne Enterprises. Coming, Dane, darling. We've got a plane to catch.
1: Oh boy. Woo! That was a lot. Fifty episodes, Pete. <laughs>
2: wow!
1: <laughs> that clip was a lot, but I love it I so much, though. Wow. That clip spent
2: like fifty episodes.
1: Yeah it did. Welcome back to the show,
2: everybody. <laughs> Welcome back.
3: Oh lordy. Listeners out there, my name's
1: Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these are, are the, the movies, movies that, that made us, us gay. gay. Yay. 50 episodes of our tacky show. I can't, yeah. And we decided to celebrate 50 episodes and have our good friend Dylan Hay-Chapman on to talk about Batman and Robin. You might remember Dylan. Welcome back to the show, Dylan. From his Batman Forever episode. So we're doing like the Joel (laughs) Schumacher. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. We're doing like the Joel Schumacher (laughs) patron that... Patron saint of movies that made us gay. Yes, indeed. Uh, we're gonna do Batman Robin with you.
3: Oh my goodness. So
1: buckle up. Oh,
3: Dylan, thanks for coming back on the show. Our favorite straight. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, yeah, that the that clip felt like 50 episodes <laughs> length. That was amazing, though.
1: It kind of has to start on that. Every single line of dialogue out of Uma Thurman's mouth. I wanted the recorded all today off the iPad. I the entire movie, the entire <laughs> well, pretty much her entire performance.
3: We practically have all of it on here as drops. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing. Um I'd listen to this movie as a, as a as like a radio play. Like I listen a, to it in my car when a, I drive to work. On a road trip. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. I don't even think you would need visuals. They're, they're like they're no. express they're so expressive. Dylan, did you ever do that when you were a kid? We're uh we're old. Did you ever like tape like TV shows or movies so that you could listen to them back, like on your shoebox tape recorder.
2: Yeah. I got a, a 120 minute tapes and um, my main, the ones I kept in my little tape box were um, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Oh my God. Which is really hard to get through the first 10 minutes. Cause it's mostly just that prism spin oh, sure. <laughs> and the song and then waiting for Rufus. And, uh, and then I had the star Wars trilogy the one that matters. Uh, uh, and Raising Arizona. Those are the five.
3: Wow. I wow, I love that.
2: My, <laughs> yeah. Raising Arizona is awesome too. Especially when he's stealing. when he, During the kidnapping. And all you can hear is like baby noises. <laughs> and, and him sneaking around. So I would just smile. While I was driving with that <laughs> stupid shit. But yes. I, long answer.
3: I forgot what I did that with as a kid. I know I did it. And I remember thinking that I was like. A genius. I was just like, whoever would think of this? Yeah, like, I know. Nobody I never would think this. of this. I never did that. But yeah. it's a good idea though. Because I would go on long trip long car rides to go visit my dad and he was about an hour away. So it would be an hour drive there and home, like on the weekends and stuff. So I would have like my little tapes. If I wasn't listening to that, I was listening to like what did I have on what did I have on cassette? Like like D light, like World Click. New kids? I did not have any new kids on the block audio tapes. Thank you very much. You
1: didn't want any of any of your straight friends at school to see them, no, and to call you gay. <laughs> no,
3: <laughs> I just listened intently to Kiss FM for whenever they came on the radio, and then shut everybody up. But uh, okay, Batman and Robin, the the real, and the real Robin. shit.
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel like. On certain days of the week, this is my favorite Batman movie. Come at me. Sure. But I'll I'll sort of, like, justify it as the podcast goes on. Okay. So when did we all first see 1997's Batman Robin? <laughs> I'll go first. I remember I was on a road trip with my mom going to her 20-year high school reunion, and yeah. we... Spent the night in Missoula, Montana, where I later went to college. Uh And we went and saw it at the Carmike 7. And I would later become very familiar with the Carmike 7 because we used to go there a lot in college. Sure. And I don't know if the Carmike 7 is currently standing. And your mom went with you to see this movie? My mom went. I love My mom took me to go see this. And I remember, I mean, I loved all the Batman movies previously, but this one in particular... I was so fucking jazzed for.
3: So 11-year-old Scott, you're just like fucking into it. I was so into it. I got got these pins
1: at the 4th of July parade (laughs) at the movie theater, which were all of the character posters of this movie. Uh I had Batman, Poison Ivy, and, I mean, my first big movie crush, Chris O'Donnell.
4: Right. Robin.
1: As Robin. Uh Listen back to our other episode where I talk about... Kind of my sexual awakening so, with Chris O'Donnell in that. So movie.
3: I, I have a question: What organization at the uh, Fourth of July parade in Lewistown is handing out the movie theater? Oh, the movie theater. Yeah, the they movie had theater. The buttons. Yeah. Okay, because it's like it's right yeah. on Main Street, yeah, yeah, and yeah.
1: they were just giving out anything free that they had gotten with the theater. Nice. So I had this on my uh, on my bulletin board cool. in my room, and I was so excited to see it. And then later. On the car ride back, I bought the Poison Ivy action figure, and I still have sure. it. Yes, we do have. That Dylan, movie. I'll have to break into it later, but the, I
2: have the actual
1: one. I yeah. have Uma Thurman's crazy action figure from this movie, and it looks nothing like. She's Uma Thurman. very muscular. She's very lean. She has a very uh, a very strong neck. I, oh, that's great! I don't right. think that when they made these action figures. Any of these actors were cast.
3: She looks. It looks like she's on like the East German like gymnastics team. Yes. Okay. East but, German women's gymnastics.
1: But yeah. Okay. So I had the action figure. I had the Batgirl action figure, and I was super excited to see Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl. We'll get into that, sure, because that's a that's an interesting character to look back on. But yeah. But it, it's one of those things that I knew that it was stupid. But, I mean, this is a movie <laughs> that's just made for 12-year-old boys. Yeah. Like, you don't care. This movie is, like, essentially a toy commercial fever dream. Yeah. On and the big screen. W-
3: and when you target audience, 11-year-old Scott, are watching this in the movie theater, are you gagged that it's George Clooney? Or are you just like, ugh, Val Kilmer was better? Because you know, I prob- you know who, when you're a kid— I probably
1: would have said— Val Kilmer are better yet. Michael Keaton was better because I really did like the 89 and 92 movie. Sure. But, um, but yeah, but also this kind of speaks a lot for 12 year old Scott. I was a huge Uma Thurman fan. (laughs) Which, what children are, <laughs> their favorite actress is Uma Thurman. Sure. Like, so, I don't even know if I was even that familiar were, with Pulp Fiction. You were
3: fresh off, like, Henry and June and, like, Baron Munchausen. And you but just, I remembered like, her from The Truth the About Cats and Dogs. Ah, uh, yes. And
1: I love that movie. Yeah. And I was so excited when they announced her as Poison Ivy. Because that's the thing, yeah. is that the, the publicity for this movie, the publicity machine, there was a lot of pre production coverage of this movie yes and i remember being really excited for uma okay and it's it's still the performance that i look forward to the most in the movie we'll definitely get into it and when i eventually got this on vhs i would just fast forward to the uma thurman scenes because <laughs> they were so much fun to watch and still are fun to watch they are the okay best scenes in the movie so i've i given my origin story of schumacher's batman robin what about you two
3: all right dylan when did you first see this movie
2: I saw it in – I saw it opening day. It was, I think, the last movie I saw before I moved to Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Because I moved on the 4th of July, and I think this came out like the end of June, 97. So it was the last movie that I saw before moving at my (laughs) – Remember the Sayufi theaters? Do you remember those? With the – Oh, you don't? Oh, that was just the, 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 the chain that we had. Okay, it was um, big, elaborate, like, uh, opening sequence. Sure. I will get it for you.
1: It's got to be on YouTube. I wonder no, what, just, I wonder what theater chain just absorbed somebody. that one. Oh, yeah, yeah for it knows sure. That song. It's, it's now probably like a regal or something. What was the theater name called?
2: Uh, so it was Century Cinemas, but it was owned by a family called Sayufi, S-Y-U-F-Y. This is re- this has got to be so, Reno.
3: Reno Regional, man. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Century Theaters, so though they were they were bought by somebody, but uh, anyway, I saw it there. Sure, I think it was the last one that I saw before I moved. Um, and I just remember thinking, what, what was there like six summer blockbusters at the time? Like there was one kind of every two weeks
4: back yeah. then. So and, I
2: remember being really really excited about yeah. it. Yeah, um, and I remember practicing my Schwarzenegger impression from the trailer. So. <laughs> So that's... uh, Oh, my God. And what was your initial
1: reaction when you saw this movie? What was my what? What was your initial reaction when you saw this movie?
2: Oh, initial reaction. So um, I have kind of like a phantom menace Menace syndrome. Sure. Where I was like really into it. Yeah. And then finally (laughs) went, wait a second. (laughs) But I do think... I have to agree with a lot of people out there that has it has aged well. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely.
3: Better. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, it, it was a, it was definitely of its time. Uh, a total popcorn thrower. All the dialogue seemed like, uh, are there any real sentences in that? Yeah. Cut them out. And it was all just <laughs> like one saying or buzzword or or pun oh, after yeah. another. Like a, like a Mad Libs superhero
1: <laughs> script. Speaking of Mad Libs, if you want a wild ride on IMDb, check out Akiva Goldsman's screenwriting credits. Like, oh, okay, it's crazy. Yeah,
3: didn't he go on to win an, an I Academy mean, Award for screenwriting, winning, like two he years later, ended
1: winning adapted screenplay for A Beautiful Mind. Yeah, but yeah, That's just crazy. like all the stuff that he has his hands in, and he had worked with Joel Schumacher on The Client. So they had, like, this working relationship with each other. And that's kind of where his involvement with the Batman movies came in, was just his working relationship with Joel. Sure. Because I think that... So Batman Forever happened. They made The Client. And then Batman and Robin.
3: That's a good trilogy of movies right there. Right?
1: (laughs) One definitely says something about just the weird range that Joel Schumacher has that he doesn't give a lot of credit for. Yeah. You can go from, like... Batman Forever, a Grisham thriller that ends up getting Suds Sarandon, a random Oscar nomination, yeah, and then Batman and Robin.
3: Yeah, I just picture Joel Schumacher. Aside from Batman movies, I just picture like Lost Boys and Flatliners, mm-hmm. just that like moonlit, you know, atmospheric kind of imagery. Yeah, uh, I saw this. Uh, I don't think it was opening day, but it was probably opening weekend. I out with my mom. And my sister and my younger brother, who is your age, mm-hmm. Scott. So he was about, he was twelve when it came out, and um, I remember being into uh, Batman Forever when it came out, but then having it on VHS because I had a, a younger sibling who was super into it and watching it over and over again, just thinking, "Oh, this is getting crazy." And then when this one came out, seeing it and just feeling like, "Oh man, that was that is just like one step above Power Rangers." Like it is like one, as soon as they clicked their little heels and, and their little skates and the come out, skates came out. I was like, oh boy, I'm There's checked no out. Skates like
1: home, yeah. And that was in the first scene. I was like, are you kidding oh, me? Clooney rides down a goddamn dinosaur. He yeah, but that was one all of his big that. introduction <laughs> of this movie.
2: That was a, that was a '90s trope though, like Tarzan, the animated Tarzan. He has mm-hmm. to snowboard. Even Batman and Robin yeah. said something like about "Surfs Up." How did you know the doors were going to turn into s- skyboards? Yeah, but they did. Like it gave him so a chance to say "Cowabunga." Like, um, uh, I can't. I don't know what I'm looking for.
3: No, yeah, it's uh,
2: foretold. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, there was like all some of the stunt work. Yeah, that whole extreme sports were just, like, coming into, yes. like, being a thing at the time. And so, yeah, snowboarding, skateboarding, these crazy, like, just stunt work. And
1: I did have the action figure of Robin on the the hoverboard thing <laughs> that they fly down from the goddamn rocket ship. a piece
3: of broken door from the rocket it's the ship. The door. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, like, was shot
1: into the sky from the art gallery.
3: In his, in his little Mr. Freeze car mm-hmm. that it also had a rocket ship on the back of it. I mean, come on.
1: So before we get too into it, <laughs> just to kind of give a little background of the movie, we don't have to get too into it because I talk about the, back or, the background of Batman Forever. But um, Batman Forever, surprisingly, for being this huge movie, was kind of a weird underdog for Warner Brothers I don't think a lot of people thought it was going to be successful Uh so they really had to kind of knock down doors for advertising for toy companies to get this movie off the ground and then Batman Forever like crosses 200 million dollars at the box office and then all of a sudden everybody wants a follow up and Warner Brothers fast tracked this movie um, super quick turnaround and they were developing toys before any of the movie had even shot Yeah. So they had to give... Who does the Batman action figures? I
2: think it
3: was Kenner.
1: Kenner?
2: It was Kenner at the time, So
1: Kenner had to review the script. They had to put in more ideas for toys. Yeah. For this already very stacked movie. And this movie shot in September of 96 and finished January of 97. They caught Clooney as he was making ER. So he was working seven days a week. They would get him like... Friday through Tuesday, and then he would do the rest. Uh, the rest of the week on ER. Sure. And it was finished in '97, and then it was I mean, even. He's got a he's got an island in Italy to buy. I mean, this when was... you've got your sights set but on like this was like '96 Clooney. <laughs> I mean, he was a big deal, but he wasn't the titan that he is now. Sure. Like, if anything, the casting for Batman would have been you're doing the guy from ER. Like, I think it would have been a little questionable at the time even though he was caruso, this like, like yeah
2: but well he did the david caruso the the uh, jump yeah from big big show to big feature yep. and it looked like it was going to be the same result for a while <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh david caruso so yeah this movie premiered lost in in la june 12th 1997 uh-huh. and went on to its general release in June 20th. It made $238 million against a production budget of 125 to 160 Probably it came over just under a million dollars in domestic receipts, and it just got this really bad reputation. And part of it was that the movie was so overly hyped. There was just so many cooks in this kitchen of people trying to make this movie, and it just sort of snowballed to something... Sure crazy that I kind of am all about but I can see the onlooker of this movie just being like no yeah. thanks
3: yeah because it was like uh, unintentional Well, I don't know if it was unintentional but I mean it's just it's a camp classic at this point because like the people that are in it kind of understand what it is as far as how over the top and crazy and like Uma Thurman's line deliveries and Arnold I feel like Arnold knows exactly what movie he's in with all of his, like, crazy, like, pun work.
4: The Iceman cometh.
3: Please
0: show some mercy. Mercy? I'm afraid that the condition has left me cold to your please of mercy.
3: Was Iceman created for the animated series? Or was he uh, his own Mr. character? Freeze? Mr. Freeze, I'm sorry, Iceman.
2: Uh, Mr. Freeze, no, he's a, he's a pretty classic character, classic, uh, uh, one of the main villains sure. for, for, uh, Batman. Yeah. I th-
3: I think it was the storyline with his wife and McGregor syndrome that came from the animated series then.
2: Oh yeah. I wouldn't know that. Yeah. But Mag- I think, yeah, McGregor, I, I think so. I, there's a producer on it named McGregor. Ah. So I wasn't sure if, uh. That they were just kind of messing with that guy, but
3: I, I'm I'm feeling like the story with uh with uh, Mrs Mrs Freeze Vendela Vendela <laughs> yes, Which, oh, did
2: that? who it is <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm.
3: Swedish Swedish supermodel Vendela in this tank for like I mean they ninety nine percent of her they stands. had to get
1: a a cast made for her, I think I don't think that's actually her I think it is a, a beautiful I think it's a cast it is a beautiful prosthetic yeah. Vendela. Mm-hmm.
3: Like, it's a Vendola love doll It's in this, like, floating in in this tank. But, um, yeah, I feel like one of the big things at the time was because the animated series was so, like, uh, well-received by Batman fans, by comic book fans, by the general public... That when we found out that Mr. Freeze was going to be in it, everybody was stoked. Like, oh, yeah, that character's really cool. He's so cool in a TV show, like like dark and mysterious and all that. And people were like, oh, it's got to be Patrick Stewart. Like all this, you know, all this speculation. And then it's Arnold. And then we get this costume. And then we get the puns. It's just
1: like (laughs) a snowball effect, if Mm -hmm. you will, of, you know, disappointment. (laughs) So Chris O'Donnell says on the Blu-ray that he never really worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's all his double. So if it's a shot that's clearly Arnold's face, it's if it's not a shot like that, it's probably not him. Because Arnold has one of those doubles that looks exactly like him.
2: I believe that. I, I had a friend that worked on a couple of Arnold movies back then and sort of told me what the culture was like. Because that was like the... Th- the ripping peak of his startup. Yeah. yeah. And it's every movie's an Arnold movie. And clearly he's got top billing over Batman. So yeah,
1: that's crazy. Um, <laughs> I,
2: I, I, totally believe that, that Arnold was there for his close-ups, And then I think Sven was his double. <laughs> yeah. Look it up. I that's think it's amazing. Sven, but yeah, I'm, I'm certain that he was suited up for anything, um, less than a medium shot.
3: That's crazy because I had heard stories of that, you know, on like on T two, and I think on this. But then, like, yeah, you're watching the special features, and there's Chris O'Donnell saying, "I didn't have any scenes with him," and there's a lot of scenes with me standing right next to him in this movie, and it's in the special it. features, so it's like, okay, they're fully, they're fully. Admi- I think they even had a a close up shot of the of, of the, the guy, yeah. yeah,
1: and he looked exactly like him. And Joel said that it was he got his first choice for all of the actors in the movie. And he claims Arnold Schwarzenegger claims that Joel didn't want to do the movie if they didn't get him signed on, (laughs) (laughs) which he was probably just blowing smoke up his ass. Of
3: course. Of course. Um, I mean, yeah, he was the biggest star in the world at the time.
1: Right. It makes sense that he has top billing, too, I guess. As bizarre as it is. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So yeah, I I feel like the I I'm not going to say he's miscast because I feel like those puns are are amazing, but um it was a surprise to the to the general public, to movie watchers, right? I mean, I know I was just kind of thinking this is weird. Dylan, do you remember that like just feeling like it was not the yeah. right fit?
2: Yeah, he w- he was sort of I guess Arnold deciding to be a side character. Yeah, even though he's a main villain, he's not the focus. He, despite how much he's in the film. Yeah, looking at you know, getting sad. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's a side man. Yeah, in in the whole thing, which and still gets top billing. Yeah, I said it twice. But uh, yeah, it was kind of a kind of a shock. Not a breath of fresh air. Kind yeah, of a shock.
3: I remember like uh, the entertainment shows entertainment tonight and extra on all those shows uh, ca- i don't know that song <laughs> i'm not familiar they calculated <laughs> based on his uh did he get 20 million for this i'm feel sure like he, i'm sure oh, he got something obscene. i feel like arnold got like cl- like 20 million or something and then calculating it like based on his lines and how many words he got and all like how many hundreds of thousands of dollars it was per word or per line cuz he's not in the movie that much. And then there's that weird scene, I don't know, Dylan, if you just watched it or not, how recently you watched it, there's a scene where where Mr. Freeze gets captured and Batman it's kind of like stylistic the way they do it. It's like a close up of like Clooney like jumping towards him and then the cape oh, yeah. and then the cape pulls up and he's like paralyzed like on the ground just staring off into space. I was like, is he yeah. d- is he dead? Like, did he, what? Like, did, no, it was no, so no. weird. Yeah. It's so
1: weird. Yeah. Some of the choices in this are so crazy. Maybe it was a hard scene to block. I guess.
2: Was, was he captured before or after he thought that Poison Ivy had killed his wife?
1: Before. This was before because Poison Ivy breaks him out of Arkham. She
3: breaks him out and she tells him. And okay. she gives him the necklace right. and all
1: that. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah.
3: Yeah, it's before that. It's really weird when he does get captured, too. It's kind of out of nowhere. So they're throwing curveballs at you in this movie.
2: Can we go back to his costume for a second? Oh,
3: yes. This costume. So
2: (laughs) the peekaboo muscles. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So so it's lasers keeping in cold, but it is very important that um, we see... The uh, the meatiest cuts,
1: yeah. You got to show off those pecs. Um
2: <laughs> yeah. The meatiest, which uh, obviously m- makes sense, but it was like super bold choices. Everything in this movie, I just wanted to mention uh, like, there was three quarters of an inch of space between his body and the costume, yes, which made him. I, I mean, how did he even move in that thing? <laughs> it's like, it's like wearing an iron lung,
3: yeah. It- <laughs> Uh, a pol- a polymimetic alloy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: Do you have a face plasma rifle for the watt range? Hey, only what you see.
3: Um, <laughs> his, uh, that like crazy, like uh, glittery makeup job that on him. That was pretty though, good. Really and cool. The yeah. Because the there's some, there's some, Really extreme close-ups of his skin. And it reads nice on camera. Yeah, it reads it really is. cool. Because yeah, it looks it looks yeah, like good. it looks like glittery and like crystalline. I mean,
1: this is a movie made of made with bold choices. You're right, Dylan. It's just <laughs> like this is a singular vision that Warner Brother was like, here, here's a blank check, Joel Schumacher. Yeah, make the most over the top family friendly Batman movie that you can. That's The other thing is that they were given the direction of, we don't want a dark movie. We want this to be for kids, and we want to sell shit with it. Also, I should mention that Schumacher has mentioned that he wanted to do an adaptation of Year One. So after Batman Forever, he wanted to start clean and do like an adaptation of Frank Miller's Year One. And Warner Brothers vetoed that.
2: Wow.
3: That would have been... Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would have been a severely truncated version because it's, I don't know how that would have worked. So it's like
1: he tried to do the darker Batman movie, but the studio didn't go for it.
3: This is more fun. Interesting. hmm Yeah.
1: So should we talk about the introduction of Poison Ivy? Okay. I <laughs> am obsessed with her performance in this movie. It's like from the moment she steps on screen, she is just chewing through scenery. Yeah. She's looking like she's having the time of her life.
3: Okay. So I kind of want to bring us back a little bit because I feel like starting with Selena Kyle. Sure. You know, Catwoman has a scene where she becomes Catwoman. And it's like her big moment. It's the big reveal and the costume and everything. And starting from there, in all the movies, there were these scenes, and they got crazier and crazier. We
1: have to give how they got their superpowers. Yeah, and also with like Selena Kyle, it's vaguely supernatural too. Yeah,
3: it's well, it's magic. They, mm-hmm. The cats bite her back to life. Yeah. Um. And then in the last movie, in uh, you know, Batman Forever, Joker or Joker. Riddler. Sorry, Riddler. Riddler has a little intro scene, you know, with the you know mind computer nonsense and throwing Ed Begley Jr. out of the window. Nigma. <laughs> You're fired! Back to work, Nigma. Oh boy. Uh but and then this scene we've got Pamela and her this like South American jungle cruise
1: like so this is, like Mayan a, Temple. this is like a Wayne Enterprises offshoot oh in the God. Amazon jungle. I really don't know what they're doing there.
3: They're looking for poisons and toxins. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they're doing some sort with of- Lionel m- Luther. Yeah, yes, with Lionel Luther. I, I'm I'm assuming they're doing some sort of like medical, you know, maybe they're trying to find a cure for cancer or something. But, you know, Lionel McGregor Luther- McGregor syndrome. They're, hey, they're- there you go. Uh, <laughs> that would have
2: been, why, did, why wasn't it bad? It should have
3: been that.
2: Oh man. She Bruce could, is making them work super hard on McGregor syndrome. He already knows that Alfred is sick.
3: Yeah. But I mean, we you gotta show like Bruce like work, working Alfred to to the bone. So he True. can have so he can have that like that scene with Alfred. Doctor, uh what's the what's the doctor's name? Uh, but he is he pulls in this like Dr Evil panel of like right. <laughs> the the United Nations. Nations this is where it straight up turns into uh Adam West Batman territory
2: his reaction to the word poison <gasps> <gasps> like that's that's the breaking point not <laughs> not that he's feeling it not that he's suffering from it just hearing that
3: it's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, then. All of their acting choices, all of their styling. He's got like the crazy mad scientist hair with like white streaks, like electrified
1: hair. I love Uma's mad scientist, but make it fashion.
3: Yes. It's very, yeah, it's very like jungle scientist, but make it fashion. And then she's like, hoochie villainous, but make it fashion. Uh,
2: can I talk about her eyebrows oh They're oh nice, i 4k
3: I can
1: <laughs> I can talk about her eyebrows go on they,
2: they did they did um hair appliance eyebrows that yeah. went up her forehead did you notice that
1: oh yes mm-hmm.
2: so yeah in so which thought, which
1: costumes like, which, there were several. which look which look are we talking about yeah Dylan? are you talking about the iconic uh, last look
2: going on, I think I think her final look yeah. before she is caught by the her own trap
1: so they just i'm pretty
2: sure yeah go ahead they
1: just gave uma thurman drag makeup because that's straight up drag eyebrows those are valentina eyebrows from rupaul's drag race Sure.
3: so yeah but also they do that thing where it's bits of uh like it's an appliance right like you're saying like like prosthetic Mm -hmm. pieces uh on top um i think they're drawn in well there's two yeah there's some that are actual sure pieces that are like glued onto her face but there's the one where you're talking about, where she's got the sporty spice, uh, the scary spice hair, the yeah. two like big red buns, mm-hmm. and those she's got the divine eyebrows that are like all the way up to her hairline, and those are have like individual hairs, like yes. feathered in yeah, with cool. like with like an eyebrow pencil, yeah.
1: But that's, that's what's, very Valentine. But that's what's so brilliant about it is oh that this was a time before. Drag was mainstream. I mean, drag wouldn't become really mainstream until seasons into RuPaul's Drag Race. So just the general public really didn't have references for any of this. And I would be curious to ask Uma, like, was Divine or any drag queens inspirations when you were doing this character?
3: Well, I think her delivery is... Earth. Yeah. Too. Without the purring and the growling, it's Earthicit delivery. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole lot of May West in there. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Why don't you come
1: up and <laughs> see me sometime, Batman? <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> Why don't you come up and pollinate my Pustules? Pistils? Stamen. Uh, stamen. Stamen. stamen.
2: <laughs> I can't remember the anatomy. That might be the male side. I yeah,
3: who knows? <laughs> but she's also fully wearing, like, at one point, the the costume that she's in that's a very simple version of the Poison Ivy costume. It's pretty much just the Julie Newmar Catwoman mm-hmm. suit. But in green. But in green. With the, like, yeah. l- low waist, the same, you know,
1: belt. Same sort of texture. It's like a big jumpsuit. Yeah,
3: yeah. So they're taking so much from the sixties TV show, which is crazy because like uh you know the Burton movies so much was uh there was so much press about how far away they were going in tone from those. And then here we are like a couple movies later, right back into that mm-hmm. that style. But I love I love the Adam West Batman Sam TV series. We mm-hmm. own the whole thing. I watch it all the time. It's so much fun. But yeah, like uh, like you were saying Dylan about the the line the script being very like uh clipped you know when they first joined yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah when when they're mm-hmm. first driving off to the um to the museum and commissioner gordon calls batman there's a new villain yeah. he's call, he's calling himself Mr. Freeze Mr.
2: Freeze Like what yeah Every everything everything is so self aware yeah. off the bat, yeah. Which is fine, but it's like full commitment to the camp with the hockey sequence. Like playing hockey by the rules is suddenly important <laughs> while you're fighting the bad guys. And the fact that everybody is agreed to play hockey, like nobody stops and just starts cutting people in half. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Well, uh, we're on offense.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Playing by the right, I never thought of that. But they're fully like, well, I guess it's a hockey game now. So it's a hockey game,
1: <laughs> and they appear to be on on rollerblades too. Are they on rollerblades? Yeah, on as they well as ice skates. Yeah,
3: I find it interesting that they, that Gotham City at one time has so many comically oversized princess cut diamonds. In <laughs> oh, one... <laughs> oh, they're just growing on trees in Gotham, <laughs> like. Those diamonds are so huge and some jeweler had to come in and like cut all of these into like this mm-hmm. fabulous you know is that a princess cut, I think? I'm not a jeweler.
1: And I've never bought a uh, diamond ring. <laughs> I mean that's like a that's like a Looney Tunes diamond right there.
2: Yeah. I think it's a stamen cut. A st-
1: and they all fit perfectly <laughs> just, in the telescope too. Like you just you just drop course. them in. Each one is the right size for
3: for this freezing machine. And I mean I guess the whole idea with diamonds. And Mister Freeze, do they? Did people oh, call oh, diamonds ice the, in the
1: nineties? That feels very sixties too.
2: Yes, ice. Uh, yeah, iced I, out. Iced out gear. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. y'all.
2: <laughs> what about uh, Freeze's? Um, uh, just his little port for inserting diamonds, like just just yeah,
3: just a little like iris opening, and then it just closes. <laughs> And he's got it for very, yeah. various sizes of diamonds. Well, this is just, a, I just need a couple of diamonds. Just a, just a few, just a handful of diamonds,
1: you know? And he powers his suits through diamonds. That doesn't seem very economical. It's not cost-effective whatsoever. It's not very cost-effective. You are nope. a scientist after all.
3: Maybe this is why he has to, his lair has to be in this abandoned ice cream factory. Oh my
1: God, the abandoned ice cream factory. I love it. <laughs> I love <rocker>. that shit. <laughs>
2: But what if the only he wouldn't aban- hide in an ice cream factory? <laughs> <laughs> what
3: if the only abandoned factory at you know in Gotham City at the time that was available for like you know evil real estate was like the abandoned you know like heater factory? Would sure, you, it, or like the abandoned <laughs> stove.
1: The well, you, just, you just
2: turn the heat. You just turn the heat duct out, and you then it gets cold.
1: And then it turns so to cold. You're
2: good.
3: That's
1: how that works. I would love to see <laughs> a Gotham real estate agent showing all of Gotham's villains their uh potential layers their potential layers <laughs> he
2: so he calls it his hideout his,
3: he says my hideout out.
1: so so <laughs> yeah. poison ivy i have this really beautiful abandoned turkish bath i'm gonna i'm gonna show you <laughs> now now take in mind it's when in we when we go in you have to you have to use your imagination you. because you just have to think what we're gonna do to it it has a lot of potential all the black There's lights raised are, beds all the black lights the are included center. <laughs> there, there is the resident Glow gang that resides there, but, but we'll figure that out. They're, they're squatting. We can get them out. <laughs> you have, like, your muscles, Bane, guide, too. So, yeah, problem solved.
3: Oh, man, Bane, we haven't even Bane. Bane.
1: What a weird combo.
3: Oh, boy. But every Poison Ivy action figure comes complete with him. But she
1: needs the muscle. It's like <laughs> she's not going to be, like, fighting these superheroes by herself. She needs somebody to do it to do her beating.
3: Sure. Yeah. Was Bane in the comics in 19, in the 90s wearing a Lucha Libre mask?
2: I think kind the of. Lucha Libre mask is sort of kind standard.
3: Of, yeah, it's kind
1: of right. What yeah. year did Nightfall come out? Wasn't that Bane's big issue where he broke Batman's back?
2: Yeah, that's That was right. probably like mid-90s. In Jean-Paul Valley or whatever took over, yeah. Azrael. Yeah, that was uh, 93? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Hmm.
3: I like uh, I like the I like little skinny uh, little skinny Bane. Yeah, he's the- like
1: he, he's like a like a gutter punk. He's like a little wimp. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: the transformation was awesome.
1: It actually was. I know.
2: I was shocked by that. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty
1: good. It was early full body CGI in this movie when you get yeah. Batman uh, and Robin flying out of the rocket surfing surfing out of, out of the, rocket. the rocket. I mean, that wasn't done in movies that often. It was full bodied CG characters. This was like the year that Titanic came out and Titanic had some uh, kind of – some questionable questionable. (laughs) full CGI people in that movie. Sure.
2: I was surprised at how inconspicuous the CGI was in this. I mean – It could have been way more obvious. Right. It It was pretty good. It was a pretty
1: tight post work on this movie. It It finished in January and it came out in June.
2: And Way there, to go Rhythm and Hues. Yeah. And there was a lot
1: of practical effects mm-hmm. too. A lot of model work. Mm-hmm.
3: I do think that the um, the miniatures for Gotham City were kind of amazing though.
1: I agree. Unless <laughs> Schumacher, Gotham City I think is super underrated of the world that his crazy movie takes place in. It's very something that you had never seen before in a movie.
3: Yeah, for sure.
2: I want to add to that. Some of the sets were so complicated that I had a hard time understanding what the scenery was. I don't know if you guys felt that way.
1: Are you talking about
2: like the just the the movie in general? Like the everything everything there was a a level of complication to almost everything from Freeze's suit to um everything inside of the, uh, the museum,
1: the, the observatory being scenes, held
2: the up. Chase, there was just so much like visual debris. Yes. I had a hard time tracking what was going on. Oh, you never know Batman. what to look at. It, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I don't know if it's a bad thing, but it was there. It's right. kind of,
1: it, it works more in Batman forever, but in this movie, it goes so overboard that at times it is a, It is a bit much. Yeah. And that's the thing about this movie is that it's just so (laughs) overdesigned. There's so much going on in this movie that we are going to make the biggest Batman movie you've ever seen. And it's going to be over two hours long. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing about this movie is that this motherfucker is long. It is. (laughs)
3: And it feels long. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, it's it just it. it's just over two hours, but like you're definitely and
1: they cut it. a lot of shit from this movie. <laughs> like there was whole subplots with El McPherson that they lifted out. Oh, I guess that really? when they cast Elle McPherson and they filmed her character, yeah, she had a whole, she had a whole subplot and she had a fight with Ivy.
3: Julie Madison, mm-hmm. you've been dating Bruce Wayne for two years. When is it going to pop the question? Julie Madison in this fabulous weave. I did not care for this hair. Mm-hmm. It did not look real. It did not look luxurious enough to be Playboy Bruce Million Billionaire Playboy Bruce Wayne in this pink arm candy in this pink business suit this that they pink give her satin like business suit that's like Allie McBeal skirt. No.
1: So yeah, so they lifted all of her scenes of this movie, and yeah, I can probably see why. I think at
3: this point there should have been a subplot with Bruce Wayne and Gossip Gertie. Where they finally reveal their long-standing affair. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's how to...
1: Gossip Gertie's getting all of her scoops. She has to be getting all this intel from someone.
3: <laughs> yeah. Alfred. She, Alfred. Gossip Gertie would have been a good um, Aunt Harriet substitution. Remember Aunt Harriet? Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was Aunt Harriet Dick Grayson's aunt? Whose aunt is she? I don't know. I think she's Dick's sure. aunt. Yeah. But if she was Dick's aunt, then why would he need to be Bruce Wayne's ward? That's make a lot. I think it's
1: Bruce's aunt. Sure.
2: I want to talk about relatives. <laughs> I'm trying not to get bogged down in the details, but <laughs> Barbara,
4: oh Gordon, yeah. Barbara
2: shows up yeah, uh, uh. to see her uncle, and there's yes. even a line where she tucks him in, and he says, "Oh, that's quite a switch." And I'm thinking, when, when the did fuck you... has he ever tucked her in? Bruce Wayne Bruce has, Wayne has Wayne no idea who she is.
1: <laughs> So, so you guys thought of that too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's one it of ish. those holdovers from the Burton movies that... The Burton movies sort of exist in this world where the 80s meet the 1940s. And I think this is when the Schumacher movies try to do that. And it's just not as successful. Because when you hear her talk about uh, her mother or uh, hey. Alf- Alfred's sister that... It's a glamour shot of Gloria Stewart from, like, the 1930s. So it's like, what? Like, where does that come from? And I think that's where kind of that's a remnant from was when kind of this mixture of the decades that were in the Burton movies. Sure.
3: I think the photograph of Barbara's mother that is clearly this, like... 1930s silent
1: film era or, <laughs> like, or it's like a it's publicity this is photo. like this is like a Warner contract shot yeah for Gloria Stewart
3: either Barbara Gordon is like in her late 60s or, or
1: and I believe or her mother had her so, when she was 75 and she's not Barbara Gordon she's she's, not, she's Barbara Pennyworth Barbara Pennyworth. Pennyworth is it Pennyworth yeah because, ah. because traditionally, she's Commissional Gordon's daughter.
2: Right. The commish.
1: Yes,
3: and she goes on to become... She gets She gets shot by the Joker and becomes the Oracle, right?
2: Right. Later on. The wheelchair. Wheel, yeah.
1: Wheelchair bound. Pete and I love Batgirl scenes on the 60s TV show, too. She's on season three. Yes. They're some of my favorite episodes.
2: Costume's great, too.
1: The costume is so awesome. So, kind of... What I like about this character is that you do have to remember that female superheroes were not done a lot. So, I mean, before this, it was just Supergirl. So, <laughs> at least they were attempting to give a female superhero. It may not work, which a lot of the times it does not in this movie, but at least there was an attempt. And that something like stuff like that really wasn't done a lot.
3: Yeah. Uh,. I think the casting was right for the time because she was so, like, hot off Clueless and she was just this, like, big, like, it actress.
1: And what's interesting about looking back on Alicia's career is that outside of Clueless, I mean, she was just kind of this B-movie actress. I mean, she was in The Babysitter which was, I mean, pretty much a straight-to-video movie. The Crush, which was just sort of a sleeper indie movie. Yeah. But she hadn't done a lot of big studio movies outside of Clueless.
2: She we, and we Blast from the Past with Brendan Fraser. And that was
1: 99. Yeah. Blast to the ass. Bunker. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, I, we watched this the other night, and Scott, you said we were watching this. Is she just a bad actress? Yeah. Did, that's I, just not, did I just not
1: know? Is she just not good. Is that, I mentioned on our Clueless episode so much of Cher Horowitz is catered to her as a person. That's just sort of just it. Just kind of is built around her personality. That I don't know if just at this time you just give her the script and just be like, "Okay, Alicia, action." Yeah, I, and this is kind I of was what kind you, of you
2: of get. Shocked how long. Sorry, uh, how long it took her to get words out. Yes. Like, very slow delivery. Uh, um, It's of its time.
3: Well, also, too, I didn't know if maybe she kind of had this self aware thing where she was delivering these lines in a very arch or campy kind of a way. Oh, I don't think so. Or if it's just, you know, maybe it's just, uh, maybe it's just her.
0: Since my parents died. I guess all the speed and danger helped take me out of myself. (laughs) Made the pain go away. You wouldn't understand.
3: You'd be surprised.
0: Well, street racing isn't exactly an acceptable major at Oxbridge, so they kicked me out. (laughs) But it doesn't matter because I've already won all the money I need to do what I've always dreamed.
3: Well, just don't tell me you want to run off and join the circus.
0: Alfred has supported me my whole life, and I'm going to pay him back. I'm going to take him away from this dismal life of servitude What are you talking about? Listen This whole master-servant thing It's really ridiculous Alfred is the sweetest, most noble man alive And he's subjugated all his life and dreams To someone else Alfred and Bruce are like family Paying someone to prepare your meals Do your laundry Clean your dishes, you call that family? Alfred's happy Happy? (laughs) You honestly don't know do you? I was hiding the pain all the time.
1: Alfred's sick. It almost reads as a screen test. <laughs>
3: that's that's some uh, some Attack of the Clones level like scene work right there, Alicia.
1: We love you. We <laughs> spend a whole episode talking about how much we adore your performance in Clueless, but I don't know about this one.
3: I think she said subjugated. I don't. Yeah, th- I don't heard think that. Subjugated. I don't think that's a word.
2: I think Dick's defense of Alfred is like we could have cleared that up right there. <laughs> well, well, he's basically Bruce's dad. Not not uh mm-hmm. he doesn't do laundry <laughs> or whatever he says, <laughs> I don't It's a
3: it's a little like uh like no, my nanny loves working for us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's not a defense yeah. of the situation. And it's not even an explanation of reality. Yeah.
3: Um, I love that she comes straight from Oxbridge. She, Oxbridge. Ox, Oxbridge <laughs> High, where she apparently, Oxbridge burns all of your street clothes. They kicked her out, and they're like, no, Lee, it's like a jail. Just like they lock her out. <laughs> In her uniform, get yeah, get
1: the fuck out of here. <laughs> she comes in her sexy school garden outfit. Comes
3: in the sexy school uniform, and then when she gets to Wayne Manor, which is a mansion like the size of like the Mall of America, it's infinite. She, she walks up to the front door and starts looking for a key above like the door jam, <laughs> like this, like this mansion. <laughs> <laughs> Would just have a spare it's Joe key. Polnicek <laughs> yeah just like up. that's a, that's how we do it back in the old
1: <laughs> neighborhood this is a very this is a very joel from facts of life type of character like,
2: what the fuck kind of
3: mansion yeah. is just
1: like well if you get locked out there's always a spare key look for the look for the rock <laughs> i mean that's how the
2: her electronic mail message i mean
1: <laughs> that's how the that's how those bling ring kid, kids broke into paris's house well look who's look who's mm-hmm. a master of security
3: yep. um yeah she she got a, she got an electronic mail in her American online account. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: You've got mail.
3: Do you have American online? Um, yeah, so Barbara uh, Barbara Pennyworth is amazing. She looks weird in a lot of scenes.
1: Um, Do you think that the idea was that she would wear the cowl for the scenes where she's Batgirl and it was just so uncomfortable. They had to have her throw it on the ground. As soon as she, t- she took off the helmet. Mm.
3: She takes that cowl off her
1: head and throws it on the ground.
3: But we also have to talk about the fact that, like, Alfred, who, A, is designing these clothes, somehow got, like, a like a laser scan of her body to, like, mm-hmm. make this He 3D uniform. printed her the Batgirl. But we are to assume that this, like, Max Hedrum Alfred, like, AI... <laughs> <laughs> Took it upon itself to create the costume for her because I thought that you might, you know, be interested in this. And never once did he think, no, teenage, underage, minor niece, even though you want to become Batgirl after you found the Batcave. I found the Batcave, Uncle Alfred. um, Maybe it may not be in your best interest to actually do that.
1: Well, what you want to do is not necessarily what you're going to do. Oh, she's doing it.
3: Yeah. So his like crazy Alfred Hedrum like AI made it for her upon its own like volition. Yeah. I, Alfred has much more to do than laundry at, at, at Wayne Manor. He's like, he's like, I, I think he built the Batmobile himself. He's building cars. Like with he's, his own two hands. He's like
1: upkeeping that, that garage that, yeah. or that like, that like tunnel the batmobile goes out
3: yeah that's why his mcgregor syndrome so like advanced Mm -hmm. he's like being worked to the bone there's costume there's uh bat suit changes in this movie there's multiple bat suits
1: for all of them they all wear at least two well you all well they have to change into their uh their new shiny one in the third act
3: why though I don't know.
1: So you could have two action figures. Mhm, exactly. <laughs> and they always put the cool one on the poster so you were so excited to see it in the last act of the movie.
3: I like Robin's suit that he wears for most of the movie with yeah. the red Robin symbol in the front that goes like up, the wings go up to his shoulders.
1: The Nightwing suit.
3: Nightwing suit. I really like that suit. I don't like the silver accented Bat mm. suits. And I was telling Scott yesterday when we were watching this the height of Batman's ears in this movie—it's like a yardstick. It looks like a yeah, Mad right Magazine caricature of Batman. Like they're so high, he probably has to like they, duck under doorways.
2: They went big. On they that. went
3: so crazy big.
2: It was it was an exaggeration. My, yeah. All of the, I think Schumacher wanted Alicia to be just as. Sexy as the men, so yeah. maybe that's why the cowl came off. Like he didn't want her to look ridiculous for too long. Yeah, yeah. So, so it might have even been him. Like, get that off, and let's do it without it.
1: And Schumacher so, mentions who? about the nipples. No,
2: so Good.
1: Yeah. He mentions about the nipples that, like, there was so much said about the nipples, and when they were designing the back girl suit, he was just like, "Well, I cannot not put them on because it'd be like a double, like a double standard." And people would call me sexist, so she still has nipples, but they're just a little more less pronounced.
3: Wait, the Batgirl boobies have nipples' or a like? little
1: bit oh my God. it's it, it's a little more subtle
2: oh my God. I didn't care at the time it didn't really bother me
3: <laughs> I right me too it didn't I didn't think about it it wasn't just like why are those there? It was just that's what, what the suits look like mm hmm like they're muscle suits, okay superheroes. But yeah, I feel like every director is going to kind of come in because I feel uh, after the first Captain America movie, he's got this chin strap and Joss Whedon came in for Avengers and was just, get that fucking chin strap off there. And he took it off. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't have it again. he never put it back on. Well, they put it back when, uh, Russo Brothers put it back when he wore the old first Avengers suit in uh, Civil War, but, um, or, uh. Winter Soldier, I mean. But yeah, it's just like, uh, it's just at the discretion of the director to just be like, no, I don't like that. Get rid of it. But um, I think Batgirl, with like the hair coming out, like the cowl is just weird. Because the Batgirl character always has the long hair like flowing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but these like hard rubber or whatever they are, not rubber, but whatever these costumes are made of, it would just not, I don't know. It's like yeah, that thing in it's like that thing in comic book movies where uh the characters have a cowl and it looks rigid but when they take it off because they have to take it off it's like fabric in you know like um like in the Avengers when Captain America doesn't have his cowl on and it's just like a it's like a hoodie made of like fabric but when you put it on over what, your head it's rigid.
2: What about Michael Keaton's when when he rips it off? Yeah. It's like it's rubber, like like he's ripping open a toilet plunger. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I guess it's whatever they need it to be.
3: And they also have the split second shot of him wearing it and he doesn't have the like eye black. Eye makeup. Oh, yeah, it's gone.
2: The Chewbacca. Yeah.
3: (laughs) So there's a split second shot of him with the hood on and no eye black. And you're just like, whoa, when you really because, I mean, as a kid, just watching these over and over again. I may have needed a pastime
2: as I a I have not note here about sets. Can I throw this in? Sure, nice, please. Well, you're saying yes because you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> I take it back. So I wish that when the set designer was working on this and they were like, we want the skyline to be the, the moment that the giant statues were mentioned. Yeah. I am picturing a Tom of Finland with... <laughs> An engineering scale right next to it. Make it make it 400 feet tall. <laughs> and just put it right in there. I'm just... Yeah. I wish. I, mean, I wish. It the, was, it's awesome.
3: The The observatory, which is just like a crazy muscle dude holding... holding up the observatory. <laughs> that's what I was mentioning before. Over a chasm. Yeah. Like, this is probably not the most, like... Uh,
1: I don't know if that's how physics works. Yeah.
3: <laughs> some sort of crazy cantilevers, <laughs> yeah, inside arms. the arms, yeah, it's all hidden. I mean, the, the city
1: planner for Gotham <laughs> yeah. is pretty flaming.
3: Yeah, this is this is some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. But were,
2: were, was it the arm that they drove down? Yes. in the chase. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. that arm is really big, and nobody falls. No, none of the cars fall off. No, yeah, this outward <laughs> convex curve thing. <laughs> through Thweezes the palm microbus. yeah
3: <laughs> don't each of them like jump off of a different finger yeah off the hand oh that's it yeah, yeah. it's crazy because the hand is like outstretched like a big open yeah
1: i love that shot of robin when he's like yelling into the sky <sighs> <laughs> and this is like also when the sort of the homosexual undertones of this movie is the back and forth fighting and daddy issues of Batman and Robin (laughs) it's like yeah it's like this is some like father son issues going on here fantasy
3: (laughs) well I mean in the for the purpose of the movie they're fighting over poison ivy that Mm -hmm. they both are in love with or just just dick because I feel like Bruce kind of keeps she has her like Poison pheromones, her like pheromone dust, but I feel like they do this little effect where it looks like Bruce always like breathes it away. Yeah, so he doesn't really he, like get snips it away. Yep.
1: Yeah, but but Dick Grayson is definitely falling for it. We have to talk about Uma Thurman's introduction to Batman Robin. <laughs> I mean, you can really tell this movie was directed by somebody of. Uh, a a seasoned homosexual that <laughs> would like go to studio fifty four and would like hobnob with Diane von Frosenberg and uh and Liza and Liza and uh <coughs> who else was his fashion bestie? Halston. Halston. <laughs> yeah. And just how they stage Uma's introduction, which is an homage to Marlena Dietrich, right? Or is it Greta Garbo?
3: Uh taking off the monkey geez. suit. Yeah. Either or. Oh. <laughs> Is that when they start bidding on her? The monkey yeah.
0: Hi there. And you are. Oh. Poison. Poison ivy. Mmm. Oh. <sighs> mm. Why not send Junior home early? I've got some. Wild oats to sow. On the other hand, youth does have its advantages. Endurance, stamina. Forget the geriatric bat. Come, join me. My garden needs tending. I'll take it from here, pal. Wouldn't you like the earrings, too? Some lucky boy's about to hit the honeypot. I'll include an evening of my company for the winner. I'll bring everything you see here, plus everything you don't. I, I, I bet $50,000 for Poison
2: Ivy.
4: 100000 And I'm
2: $500,000. $1 million. Don't
1: have it. Three million. I'll borrow it from you. Four million. Five million. That's a utility belt, not a money belt. Six million. Seven million.
2: Never oh, leave the cave without it.
0: You two boys aren't going to stop fighting over little old me now, are you?
1: What was the credit card? Bad Express? Bad Bat Bat Visa? Bat. Yeah. <laughs> So Baster the card. Baster, so the movie that. Um, charge. the movie that it was re- that it was referencing uh-huh. is called Blonde Venus, and it's Marlena Dietrich in the monkey outfit, in the gorilla, oh, really? in the gorilla Get suit. Right. Yep.
2: Primate rights. I, I thought love it was an indecent proposal! Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I do want to mention that on his um, Batster Charge or Bat American Bat's Breast or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was, it said. Um, Expiration date. Uh it's like forever.
2: Forever. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. And it looked like cardboard. It just looked like such a prop. <laughs> I mean this movie is not subtle. No. Uh, the this auction date auction. It's a date auction, whatever mm-hmm. this event is. It's like jungle themed and just like the entertainment that they have. Are these like well? There's like acrobats and all that, and they're dressed in these like jungle like themed costumes. And there's fully like Tarzan men, just like mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> these like yeah. oiled up yeah. beefcake Tarzan and they, men. And they end up catching her. They yeah. Well they mm-hmm.
3: yeah. She everybody's just so mesmerized by her like poison pheromones. So Bruce must
1: be falling for it because he's he's bidding millions of dollars. He does in the moment, and then he rejects it. Once the evening's over, a million
3: dollars mm-hmm. a million one million dollars
2: nineteen ninety seven dollars yeah,
3: well, I mean, I guess it's just it's part of her like evil like evil chemicals,, mm-hmm. right, no sane person would bid that would bid that much I do also love, we did we i we don't have clips from her scenes as as Pamela I do Pamela I, it's there. Uh, where where she confronts Bruce and Gossip Gertie with her with her plan?
1: I have her when she's walking away, mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie because she's monologuing. Yes, and I love a good monologue in a movie where, <laughs> where you're getting the master plan. Her delivery of that failed experiment
3: is off the hook. Yeah. <laughs>
0: To make the Dendronium South American No, this have is this again.
1: is the opening one. Uh,
0: but I still have high hopes for the animal plant crossbreedings.
3: Well she did say only find
0: the correct dose
1: of venom. She did say rats when she started that that off. This rats. that's the clip where that's like a drag race um that's like a drag race challenge where they're given like a script. Like yeah. here's the scene that you're playing. Yeah. For this... You're a you're a mad you're a mad <laughs> drag scientist. <laughs> Booberella. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You're a Booberella. (laughs) And your plan has just been foiled. Oh, man. Yeah, I feel like Uma Thurman and Arnold,
1: she fully, and her, and Arnold know exactly the type of movie that they're in.
3: Yes, for sure. Um, and I mean that's cool. I, I I'm down. I feel, oh,
1: I'm living for it.
3: Yeah, I feel like George Clooney knows and is not happy about it. In just and it looks kind of bored. Yeah, he's just like he's he's shaking. He's giving this to like the Clooney head shake. But you know, for the most part, I'm not really feeling it. What what
1: what he's uh, what he's
3: selling to me, Alicia. I don't know. Yeah, I think she's in it to win it, but it's just not really coming off. She's
1: in a little over her head in this movie. Yes.
3: I think John Glover, Doctor Doctor John Glover's great. Doctor (laughs) Woodrue, he knows what movie he's in. He's he's camping it up, but yeah. Oh, and Vivica,
1: Vivica Fox. Did you notice Vivica Fox,
3: Dylan? It is Ms. B. The letter B, last name Haven. (laughs) Ms. (laughs) B Haven.
1: One scene, be- ladies and gentlemen, of Mickey's. <laughs> welcome to the stage, Ms. Misbehaven. Do you know how many drag queens? If those hands are, are pumping. Yeah, Ms. there's Behavin. probably many drag queens <laughs> with this name.
3: Yeah, Behaven. Oh my god. And like B, like B E A. Yeah. This is like B, like it. It could be Beatrice, Ms. Beatrice Haven. Hmm. I like it. <laughs> that's her. Fu- that's her full name. That's her Christian name, Beatrice. <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> uh,
1: we didn't even like Mister Freeze's jail cell with his wardens, and he's carted in in an old timey refrigerator.
3: Yes, it is a refrigerator with the with the freezer door taken off. But his warden is one of them is Jesse uh, Ventura. Jesse Ventura, governor of oh. Minnesota,
1: right? I think it was Minnesota. Arnold was buddies with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, the crazy
2: thing is both. B-
3: yeah, both of the guys that brought him in. I'm assuming the other guy was a wrestler as well, or something, fighter, because they are freaking huge. And I don't know is his Arnold- double. Hmm. Probably not. Is Arnold tall?
1: I think he's just a. Con- or is I think he he's just like I think he's just over six foot? Just big. Yeah, I think he's just big. One or something. Yeah.
3: Jesse Ventura and Ralph Moeller. I don't know who that is. I don't think he's. He's a German American actor and former Mister Universe. That tracks. Yeah. So they had to get dudes as big or bigger than right. Arnold,
1: and it helps that Uma Thurman is a tall bitch. Yeah, and she's in these giant spike heels. Yeah, yeah. I love that look when she busts Freeze out of out of prison with the with the Spice Girl. That's what
3: the Scary Spice hair. Scary Spice
1: hair. Yeah. I love that wig. A lot of really good wigs on Uma. Yes. They got her some really good lace fronts. Yes,
3: there's some really good wig wiggotry in this movie. And makeup jobs mm-hmm. and costumes. She's just kind of she's just
1: kind of I do amazing. think that for her last uh iconic look in the flower that she emerges from. Yes. I would like to see her cheeks be a little more cut. Yeah. I think that you could probably buff out those cheeks a little bit. You're looking for a cut crease.
3: Yeah, uh, I think they were they were trying to go for a little bit more of a natural look, <laughs> just something subtle. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. Jeez. Oh, oh sure. Okay, Dylan. I, now I know what eyebrows you're talking about. Is the yeah. is the glued on prosthetic? Yeah. 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 I think it's I like, think those are really cool.
2: Yes, and it, I I've never noticed those until 4K.
1: Yeah, so. it's giving me a little Shira.
3: It's very she but it's almost like a mask, too. Like, almost like Batman or, like, Robin's mask. They're, like, appliances. That like was appliances her main her image.
1: Face. That was her main image for her character poster was oh, okay. that look. And also, Pete, did you notice her glove? Her glove hmm. have, like, uh...
3: Nail tips? Did it have nails? Colored
1: nail tips, yeah. Yeah, I love that.
3: A glove with a manicure.
1: Even just the photo... The photos on IMDb are just like a visual journey that you go on. (laughs) Yeah. Her color combination of just like
3: red and green just like contrasts really well. That
1: shot of her in the glasses. (laughs) With the sunglasses on. Like straight up like she's walking the main stage on RuPaul's Drag Race. Where is this
3: shot from? When was she wearing sunglasses? That was when (laughs) she
1: comes back where she said, uh, you go, I'll rescue your snowy bride. Your snowy pride. and then she comes back and she says, "Batman deactivated her." Yes. I mean that's that's I'm poison ivy you. daytime. Yeah, that's a day walking. She's bathroom. just like she's just picking up her laundry in that.
3: Her right. takeout. Yeah, her curb curb <laughs> pickup. Pick oh, what have we
1: not covered in this? I think a big Coolio's in this. He um. Oh wow! He's the bike gang yeah. guy. You have to pay Coolio to, um, to be in the race.
3: The banker at the bike race.
1: We were noticing all of these warriors rejects that are in this bike race. The like, like Mozart gang. There's like there's like the Warriors gang, and then there's <laughs> yeah, the all of the Gotham way. City. Uh, they 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 tried out for Warriors and then they just didn't get the callback, so they ended up in Batman Robin. They had to go
3: back over the bridge into Gotham from manhattan are they full-on just clowns yeah it's pretty crazy i like that they gave mr freeze his little um crystal uh music box of mrs freeze to just stare at longingly in his (laughs) his jail cell or did he whip that up no he didn't
1: have his powers he couldn't have made it i think it hints that he probably chiseled it sure and Uh, then he had He had that mechanism, and he made made that. Sure, sure, sure. So a big thing that I want to discuss is that I think kind of when you look back on this movie now, I think what's super cool about this movie is that these are not the type of comic book movies that are made now. And I think that they just have a lot of charm to them for that reason, that these are movies that do not get made now. You never see comic book takes like this anymore that you could just take the campy elements of a superhero and just run with it. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. What about you guys?
2: I think it was, <clears throat> I think you're right. It's of its time. I, 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 I was trying to think of how the family uh, thing plays into it, which is basically Guardians of the Galaxy's whole theme is all these people that have nobody or orphans or whatever end up as a family. And this is, like, the, the exact opposite of putting the family together.
1: <laughs> I do have to say, my I think the elements of the story that do not work are the Alfred and Bruce and Dick elements. <laughs> just kind of, when they try to be sincere in this movie, I just don't think it works that well. Yeah. But I think when it is just flamboyant and over the top then that's when I think the movie is really in its element yeah, and, I think so too. Al- and also there's definitely a lot of flack for this movie primarily from straight fanboys that these movies are too gay Yeah, and I do have to say I don't think there's anything wrong with that because <laughs> I think that kind of at its center Batman and Robin is kind of gay <laughs> and it just sort of takes the obvious and just runs with it yeah,
3: because the idea of just like a billionaire playboy having a teenage ward—they
1: don't—is dated. Batman doesn't really have an interest for women. He just <laughs> wants to hang out with his hot twenty-year-old boyfriend.
2: Dedicated bachelor. Y- yes. Does she call him that?
1: Confirmed bachelor. Confir- yeah. Confirmed <laughs>
2: bachelor. Yeah. Friend of Alfred. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Card carrying friend of Alfred. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Robin at this point can just get an apartment. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean he has a sugar daddy.
3: Although if I'm if I'm Robin and my acrobat family was killed by Two Face and Bruce Wayne slash Batman took me in and I aged out of the system and just became like a twenty one year old. I wouldn't really have that much motivation to get my own place. I'm living in Wayne Manor.
1: I know, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's access like to all these classic bikes. He's like sugared like Bruce Wayne is like sugar daddy goals.
3: Yeah. So, <laughs> you got you got Alfred there to like gas up the bike when you need it, make you some scrambled eggs. You can you can do your like karate laundry in peace. <laughs> <laughs> we this movie needed more life. This movie needed more karate laundry. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it didn't have nearly
2: enough, or some other karate chore. Yes, like I, karate dishes.
3: Oh man, <laughs> there's so many opportunities. It was probably left on the cutting room floor. A big 90s vacuum. He could have just like karate the shit out of some vacuuming, True sweeping. You know,
2: karate yeah. dusting. <laughs> just dust everything with a whiff of your foot. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, missed opportunities for sure. Chris O'Donnell would have loved to have done like the the training for it. <laughs> this is before the Matrix, so he wouldn't have had any of that like Matrix envy. But he could have told everybody that he did six months of karate
1: training be- to prep for this movie. Much like
3: karate, much like Keanu.
1: <laughs> but what i'm going for and just why i really kind of like this movie is i think there's something to be said that this movie wears its campy heart on its shoulder True. that this is something that you just don't really see in in today's movies because, like, everything just has to be so serious. You have to have this built cinematic universe. Like, they're rebooting Batman again for, what, like, the fifth time. And it just looks just so, just that image of Robert Pattinson. I'm excited for the movie, but it just looks so dark and serious that I think there's something to be said that this movie just really kind of has fun. Yeah. And I think that's something that's missing from the Zack Snyder movies is that it's okay to make a comic book movie that's fun. And whenever Joel Schumacher kind of... He gets uh, he gets kind of flack from this movie, and even as they were making it, he would be like, guys, remember, it's a comic book movie. It's supposed to be fun and over the top.
3: Yeah. There's joy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely fun stuff going on in the Marvel
1: universe, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know? I was mainly just like where the DC properties are now. Yeah. And Batman that, movies. And but movies that said, I, very dark. I guess that Aquaman, there's a lot, I think James Wan really gets the tone of Aquaman. And that's yeah. a good fit for that movie. And even Wonder Woman sort of came out of that, uh, came out of everything that didn't work from Donna Justice. Yeah. Too. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, everything about this
3: from like the costume design, the visuals, the, the scripts,
1: everything's over the top everything's crazy and it's 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 a different
3: take on it's the, on it's that it's a weird sure.
1: singular vision that only a movie like this could have gotten made in 96 and 97 that a studio trusted to hand off a comic book movie to someone and this is what came out with it yeah and also
2: yeah you know well the emotional stakes are really low mm-hmm. i was thinking about when superman and zod are punching up all of metropolis yeah and there's hundreds of thousands of people dying yeah and then um bruce and dick don't mind baiting all of the elite just to get freeze putting yeah. them in harm's way yeah. <laughs> at the gala <laughs> just like, and, like i didn't even think about it yeah. until at the end i was like holy shit wait those are citizens that's like the richest people in gotham they are like well we just gotta get freeze here (laughs) no problem
1: um what i like about that charity auction is that something that you would see straight out of the tv show or just special charity appearances by batman and robin yeah
3: invites (laughs) yeah like invites
1: to like official events they like open they like they like cut the ribbons on open supermarkets and banks. And banks. Yeah. Boys are us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're just these weird civil servants. Yes. That they're kind of like like a police captain well, or they're something. Working with,
3: they're mm-hmm. clearly working with the police in this and in the and in the TV show. They're working with Commissioner Gordon. Whereas, you know, in the Nolan movies, they're working outside. He's kind he's working with gordon but it's outside of official you know means but in this it's straight up like it's practically on the payroll Mm -hmm. so yeah and that's that's super i mean come on that's tongue-in-cheek but yeah i i agree that the tone of this is just so over the top and just so self-aware that we're not seeing anything like this in in comic book movies And, and there's been there are so many comic book movies now that it's like I feel like we have the freedom to make sub genres and there's kind of doing that like in Marvel
1: and also kind of in DC like with with, uh, Shazam
3: yeah you know like uh, Ant-Man movies are more like heist movies and you know Shazam is more like you know like a kid teen movie and, and things like that so we're able to kind of branch out and within the confines of a comic book movie have different little subgenres and stuff. We never really gotten to that point, but this movie kind of started this, its own little subgenre of just high camp for the sake of like,
1: and also we should mention that the Nolan Batman movies do have a lot to thank from all of the backlash of this movie. Cause it weren't for this movie, not being well received with fans. Sure. The Nolan movies wouldn't have happened. That pretty much the Nolan Batman movies are everything that these movies are not. Yeah. Too, And those movies ended up winning acting Oscars. So it's yeah. almost like they went from the low point with a fan reception and they just did a complete 180. Yeah. Too, And sort of you needed something like Batman and Robin to get there. Yeah. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I see I that. When was... Uh... Production on the Nolan movie came in 04, and also wow. there was failed attempts, or they just got stuck in pre-production and they never got out. Darren Aronofsky was supposed to do year one in the early 2000s, and it just didn't come together. Yeah, that too. was never going to happen. hmm So, and then Christopher Nolan made Memento, and then he got a big contract with Warner, and then he ended up rebooting Batman for him.
3: So what do you think of all of the, you know, there's like these stories of, you know, George Clooney just disavowing this movie and saying that he'll give you, you know, 10 bucks out of his pocket if if you tell him that you paid to see this movie. And, you know, Joel Schumacher ap- apologizing and like all of that. I feel like today Joel Schumacher would not have an apologetic
1: well standpoint. when you listen to the commentary where he apologizes for that, um, he still stands behind the movie. Yeah. Of when he does the commentary. The commentary for this movie is really fun to listen to just because Joel just has a lot of tidbits about making it. Yeah. And he just seems like a really cool guy. And he just said, I signed off on this whole movie. So if you have a problem with it, don't take it up with the screenwriter or the actors like I'm the one who's at fault. Yeah. And I'm sorry that you had high hopes, and I didn't meet them. That's what the apology context was.
3: And doesn't he also say too, like, you know, say what you want about the marketing department and mm-hmm. and the, and he signed off on all of it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the studio notes and all of that. He's like, I I directed it, and I'm an adult.
1: And he does like he's very forward. Of oh yeah, this movie's production just got out of control. <laughs> that like there was too many people. <laughs> wanting to have an input in this movie. And it just got too much at times. Yeah, But I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, I think it's an enjoyable watch. Definitely. (laughs) And it's a movie that I still like to go back and revisit. I am still obsessed with every single scene Uma Thurman is in in this movie. And I think her looks are so fun. They're colorful. And it's just a really fun role to see her play.
3: Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I feel like Chris O'Donnell has a lot more to do in this mm-hmm. than in the last one.
1: He's very pouty in this movie. He is very pouty in this movie, but
3: I feel like Teenage Scott was not mad at that. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. He had a lot of, a lot of vest work. He had a yeah. lot of good, uh, right. you know, v- button down vests. 97. Yes. With a white t-shirt <laughs> under-
1: underneath. A lot of good butt shots in that suit. Look.
3: Yeah. Some of the, some of the. the Chandler
2: Bing look. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
3: I think I definitely had a a, a vest
2: face. I'm still going through a vest
3: face. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Any final thoughts on on Batman Robin, guys? Uh,
2: two ears up, ears two very long ears up. <laughs> <laughs>
3: there
2: we go. Very pointy. Co- it doesn't sound like the right comment. I'm trying to make. Sounds- <laughs> two I, bat ears. I got two, two bat thumbs. Two ba- <laughs> up.
3: Two bat wings up. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I think uh it yeah, it's a camp classic. The costumes are amazing, the dialogue is amazing, the delivery, the acting. It's it's a mess, but it's great. It's just it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's so watchable. It's the
2: best Batman movie.
1: Yeah. Batman Um Batman. You've yet, you yet to play my favorite clip of the movie. I mean, I was
3: gonna play us out with it, but I mean I can play it right now because it's a pretty iconic line.
0: I told Lady Freeze when I pulled her plug. This is a one-woman show. I don't think so. Yay! <laughs> I,
1: I did a screen cap of that on my Instagram the other night, and it's, I posted it
3: of the entire scene, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or yep.
1: of of just that line. Yeah,
3: it's a great line. Mm-hmm. It's a great line. I mean, yeah, icon. She knew exactly what she was doing. She did it well. <sighs> Poison Ivy, come on. So good. Oh, so good. <laughs> Scott, what do you have as f- as a final thought on Batman and Robin? I mean, I
1: think I I think I think pretty much said everything. Yeah. And I can't stress enough of how uh, unusual of a child I was that I was just infatuated with everything this movie was about. Even though I knew that it was not good, I just didn't care.
3: It was made for kids. Mm-hmm. I You're still I, I still
1: have all the toys. Yes,
3: we'll definitely do a lineup of uh of, mm-hmm. of the the muscular Uma Thurman.
1: I did not. I think I had both Batmobiles. Oh, geez. Mm-hmm. Oh, love it. There are so many vehicles in this. That Batmobile does not look street safe. The one yeah. where
3: it's just one. It's one seat, like cockpit for one,
2: <laughs> with the huge fins, and it looks like sort of a deconstructed iMac. Everything is lit up inside, inside. and and the the wheels have spinners. Like the bat symbols don't change orientation, they stay level all the way across. So ahead of its time.
3: I thought that was really cool at the time. I had never seen anything like that.
2: But I like a a bat cheese grater thing.
3: (laughs) I liked Val Kilmer's uh, Batmobile because it had one fin in the back. It didn't have the two, right. you know, that that looked kind of cool, but I, yeah, it looked kind of crazy in that it doesn't have a passenger seat. So like mm-hmm. if you had to, if you had to like save Vicki Vale, he's got to like strap her to the hood or yet like, like, like roadkill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sit on her lap. I did write a list of the top 10 things that I like oh, about the Schumacher Batman movies. And number one, they're fully aware of what they are. It's the perfect silver age Batman Number two, they are are a singular vision of what they are. It's just like wearing its camp heart on its sleeve. Mm -hmm. Number three, Uma Thurman's drag-inspired performance. This was pre-drag as mainstream to audiences. And this, I feel like, introduced a lot of people to that style. I love Robin's suit, especially the Nightwing look. Great score by Elliot Goldenthal. I think it's one of the best scores of the entire series. Uh, Gorgeous set designs... All of the set design of Gotham, uh, going back to Batman Forever, Jim Carrey's Riddler. These movies define camp as number eight. Number nine, they do not kill their villains, which I appreciate. Yeah. In case if they want to go back to them. Classic Batman. Mm Mm-hmm. And introduce the first superheroine into the culture. Regardless if it was successful or not, it had not been done before. And I think that Captain Marvel kind of... Even before Captain Marvel or Black Widow, I mean, all we had was Alicia Silverstone's Batgirl and Helen Slater's Supergirl. I mean...
3: Until Elektra the Superior.
1: Yeah, and and who talks about Elektra? (laughs) And that's one of the things that even if you give these movies a lot of grief, they're not the worst DC movies or superhero movies. There are far worse. Yeah. Like, just try sitting down and watching Daredevil. The Ben Affleck movie. I'll take Daredevil over Electra. Mm-hmm.
3: Electra was just like a long evanescence video. Whereas <laughs> Dare <laughs> Daredevil at least had like uh at least had like wasn't Favreau in that? I feel like it had good people in it. Yeah. You're right though. Batgirl is uh I mean she's she's an icon. She's the first. Yeah, I think we covered this. I think we crazy, did this nonsense movie. well pete it's been it's been fifty episodes <gasps> fifty episodes oh, i can't believe
1: are there any he did 50 are episodes. there any favorite memories of the podcast we we've had so far any particular episodes or movies that stand out
3: uh dylan being on both batman yeah. movies. that was one super of my favorite, fun.
1: one of my favorite episodes was batman forever yeah yeah these two Me too. yeah the, <laughs>
3: <laughs> These two have been crazy episodes. a um, lot of fun stuff, a lot of uh love talking about movies. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, hopefully we can do it with guests here in person sometime within the year. Like even though this shows are fun to record off of FaceTime, it's even funner to do it in person. Yes, indeed. This is for this is for true. Um, and hopefully we'll get plenty of our guests back in
3: when uh, when we're social distancing is lifted mm-hmm. in the future. But um, this was this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Dylan, for coming on again. Uh, You're welcome. FaceTiming us from uh, up the coast. We will... Uh, I hope we get to hang out soon, friend. <laughs> I'd, like be, you, I'd, like, my, uh, I'd like to make it up. Can I leave
2: you with my Mr. Freeze trailer? Uh, yes. Is yes, practice?
3: please.
2: Okay. Batman will watch his beloved Gotham bearish. <laughs> Bundle up, boys. There's a storm coming.
3: Wow, that nailed it! That was really good. Love it. Delayed,
2: Delayed response.
3: I can edit yeah, that. Man. I can edit it.
2: Well, perfect. Start
3: start it faster. Wow, so <laughs> that was actually really good. Thank you. Not not even lying. Oh man. But thank you so much for coming on the show. The
2: Thank you, Missy guys. guys. Uh,
3: Missy so much. The we are turning these out. We are creating content in in social distancing and like Miss Rona Fever. So these are turning out like we are busting these out with like zero turnover time. So this will be on the air super, super Our guests soon. for
1: next episode are gonna be really good. We're doing a podcover cross a podcast crossover. Podcast crossover.
3: Uh, well, we'll uh, that'll be on the socials soon enough. Everybody out there, you can follow us on social media at Movies That Made Us Gay on Instagram and Facebook. And we'd love if you would rate and review us and follow us on iTunes. MTMUG pod On Twitter. On Twitter.
1: And uh, give us five stars while you're on iTunes. Write us a review. Write us a review. We'll do something special for you on air if you write us a review. I don't know what yet but we'll figure something out. Show you our tits. (laughs) (laughs) Show you all
3: those nips. Our our bat nips. All four of
2: them. Put nipples on the podcast.
3: (laughs) We do whatever we want, man. We didn't have sponsors to answer to.
2: (laughs) Nipples on the podcast. Uh...
3: (laughs) That's the special, that's the Patreon content right there, my friend, for a dollar a month. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.
0: Bye. Well, I don't know about Batman and Robin, but I love money, yachts, and mansions. Mansion. It's already underneath a mansion. It's underneath a mansion. I had a rough childhood. Okay, I wasn't watching Batman and Robin. <laughs>